Nathaniel Hackett is out as the coach of the Denver Broncos. Who's next to follow? We check in on the Chris Beard situation. It's looking like right now that the Panthers or the Saints might make a run for the playoffs. What the heck is going on with the Memphis Grizzlies and the Tennessee Titans? And the Charlotte Hornets won a game, so I guess we have some excitement for the city of Charlotte. All this and more on this Tuesday episode and post-holiday celebration of this episode of Jake's Take. Let's go! Let's go! Don't wait! This night's almost over! Honest! Let's make this night last What is going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to Jake's Take. As always, I'm your host, Jacob Sorman, at Jake's Take Podcast, at Jake's Still 14. And back from seeing Santa last week <laughs> is my co-host, Christy. Hi! And you can find her on Instagram and TikTok at ChristyMarie underscore double zero. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network. Well, I mean, Christmas and Hanukkah are in the books. And, you know, we're only a few days until the New Year's. But it seems that right now the Denver Broncos aren't really in the season of giving. Uh, no, they sure aren't. They're in the season of letting everyone go. So with the Denver Broncos, they announced that they were firing Nathaniel Hackett today, but someone else in the show predicted it before it even happened, and obviously we're going to bring that up. So um, are you psychic, or are you magic? I'm starting to think so. Maybe, like, this is my calling. I need to find a job and, like, predicting the transfer portal players and where they land and then all the coaches that get fired. I mean, I definitely think that it could work out. The first thing I said after I found this out was, oh man, I sure hope he does not end up in Tuscaloosa. You know, I really don't think so. And I don't know who's going to take that spot. I know Bill O'Brien's looking to go back to the Patriots, which that's a whole nother story. But I don't see Hackett as a good fit for Alabama. I really don't either. So I think with this, to say that in this one year as a hire was underwhelming is a complete understatement. Yeah, it really was. I mean, just his decision making was really, really poor. He had problems with decision making. Then he had to bring in someone who would help him with his time management. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that should have been the first like eye opener. I feel like if you have to bring someone else in to help you manage a game, like that's your job as a head coach. Exactly. And the thing about it too is that he is was the offensive coordinator who was responsible for putting up all those points and having a dynamic offense for the Green Bay Packers the past three years. And then you come in with a pretty, I don't want to say on the same tier, but a really good quarterback Mm -hmm. and really young wide receivers and pretty good running backs. And you just can't do anything. Right. Yeah. I don't think that you could make the argument that, he didn't have any players or any talent on the team because he certainly does, and they're just not being used. No, absolutely. And, I mean, injuries do play a part. And I feel mm. like with the Denver Broncos, they got hit by the injury bug more than any other team in the NFL. 
Yeah, I think so, too. And we also saw, and we'll talk about them later, but the Titans got hit hard, too. And there's nothing you can do about injuries. No, and I definitely have to agree. I mean, there isn't anything you can really do about injuries, but it's also how you lead this team. And I think, once again, this is where it's coming into the idea of, hey, we're going to hire someone who has a connection to Sean Mm -hmm. McVay, and it's going to turn out Now, I don't know where this idea comes from because it's not guaranteed to work. Sean McVay is once in a lifetime coach. Yes, you have Matt LaFleur who did really well. Mm -hmm. Evan O'Connell is doing really well. Mike McDaniel is doing really well. Kyle Shanahan's done really well. It's not going to work each time. And people are convinced that it is. But this should be a sign that it isn't and to stop hiring Sean McVay coaches. Yeah, and stop hiring them and expect them to do all these amazing, great things their first year as head coach as well. No, and I definitely have to agree with you on that. I think right now, the thing about the Denver Broncos is that they have not been the same since Peyton Manning retired. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was a big obviously a big player for the team, but just the leadership that he has, I think is unmatched. And I feel like Russell Wilson is a great Mm -hmm. leader, but also I just think that he, this is his first year. He had to learn an entirely new system and he had no chemistry. You know, he had (laughs) all that chemistry with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And now he's coming in and it's okay. These are all very raw wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, you have to create that buy-in for the whole team, and it just wasn't there. I definitely have to agree. But, I mean, looking at this Broncos team, I mean, Javante Williams got Mm -hmm. hurt, and it's just one of those many things there. I mean, just even taking a look at it right now, I mean, looking at their current roster, and they were decimated by – Injuries here. Let me pull it up. Okay, so right now, you know, Garrett Bowles, one of their top tackles, is mm-hmm. hurt. Mike Boone, one of their running backs, got hurt. Lloyd Cushenberry, another center, was hurt. Ronald Darby was hurt. KJ Hamler, one of their talented wide receivers, was hurt. Tim Patrick was hurt. Javante Williams was hurt. They just got decimated and decimated by injuries and no team should have to go through that. Right. But I also think it does speak to how important uh, those second and third string players are. They need to function as a unit and a team that has chemistry as well. And I definitely have to agree. I mean, but there was just so much that needed to be improved on with Mm -hmm. this team. I mean, they did great when it came to their defense. They just couldn't do anything with their offense. It makes me feel really sad for Jerry Judy. Yeah, I mean, he he's tried. He's gotten better. Yeah. But, I mean, right now, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton are the two lone mm-hmm. spots. But right now, you know, looking at this in total yards, they're 27th. In rushing yards, they're 23rd. In scoring, they're 32nd. Receiving touchdowns, they're tied for 28th. They just weren't a good offensive team and they have a lot to I guess look forward to I mean they got a first round pick for Bradley Chubb 
mm-hmm. this team needs to find a more, I don't want to say competent coach, but a more established coach. You can't just hire someone who has only coached under Sean McVay or Matt LaFleur and say, oh, he's going to be the one who saves us all. I just think right. that they need someone else. Yeah, and I don't really mind this interim head coach. I know it's kind of funny, like the position he's coming up from, but he does have a good resume and he even has a Super Bowl ring. I mean, he was the special teams coordinator with the Ravens and they got their Super Bowl win. Yeah. And I mean, with that too, a lot of coaches who start out as special teams coordinators do mm-hmm. work their way up. I mean, that's what John Harbaugh did. Right. So who knows? It could be a good fit or they could look for someone else. But right now, they're, this isn't a very hot coaching market. I mean, right now, the only person that comes to my mind is D'Amico Ryans. And D'Amico Ryans is a defensive-minded coach. So that wouldn't necessarily really help your offense. And he'd have to find and establish his whole new staff. So you'll like this on on that TikTok, my prediction. Everyone is saying your old Saints head coach might come back to some of these teams. I really hope not. <laughs> that would be so unfair. Leave us with Dennis Allen and then go to the Broncos. How dare him do how dare he do that? Yeah, I don't know that I see him coming back at all. I don't either, but Moving on, you sent me a very big story in regards to the Texas basketball coach, Chris Beard. Why don't you take a little bit of the lead on that? Yeah, so, and I think it was actually my dad that first sent it to me. So Chris Beard had gotten arrested for domestic violence, and it was a pretty severe charge. It was involved like strangulation and almost like a life-threatening thing where he was making someone not breathe, and it happened to be his fiance. Well, just a few days ago, she decided to redact all of that and say he was acting in self-defense. And that is just crazy to me because we are on record in saying how he did so much wrong and he should lose his job. And now we kind of have to, in a sense, eat our words because we went off of a false accusation. So I think with this, this is a huge turning point because if he's acting in self-defense, then it changes everything too. But once again, we don't know the full story. Yeah, and I've read a lot of different articles and it keeps going back and forth. So I think the first like story was that he ripped her glasses off her face and then was like putting his arm against her throat well now she's saying she broke his glasses which turned into the physical struggle and he was defending himself this is all over the place really i mean i think with this you know i don't really know where to side with this i mean ap news is saying that tmz sb nation Mm -hmm. they released a statement now he's still arrested i mean Mm -hmm. i don't know if he's gonna be unsuspended right now but it could be possible that they re-evaluate I think they should I mean I definitely think that right now you know he has had a pretty tough past few weeks yeah 
So I think right now we'll just kind of have to look back at that. But I was very surprised with it. I mean, you know, this really changes a lot of stuff. I mean, we definitely owe him an apology because we didn't really know the full story in regards to him. And I think there's still more to come. I mean, there's still some questionable things. I know the police took pictures of her. And I mean, there were marks on her. There were even like teeth marks. So it's hard to tell what happened. I definitely have to agree there. I mean, we'll just have to kind of see what else happens or what more, what else we get in regards to news. But we did just want to highlight that. Moving on to our next point. Obviously, it's Chrissy's favorite thing. It's about basketball. <laughs> hey, I tried um, to take some notes. We'll see how good I did. We are excited <laughs> for that. So if you have been tuning into the show for a while, it appears that I have a personal vendetta against the city of Charlotte. That is not the case. We just seem to always find a way to talk about that city in North Carolina way too much. It's become a subject of many episodes. <laughs> And of course, they found a way back into this episode, but in a positive way, because the Charlotte Hornets actually won a game last week. And they beat LeBron, right? They beat LeBron. (laughs) And this is a team that was ranked at the bottom. They only have nine wins. So they have the second most wins in the Eastern Conference. Right now, the lowest team with the wins, the Detroit Pistons. Hmm. But right now, you know, they're showing some promise. And, I mean, they beat LeBron, and LeBron blew a lead. Well, actually, he blew two leads. He blew another lead last night. Well, I feel like beating LeBron could really amp you up and maybe help you in future games. I definitely have to agree. I mean, now they play, at the time of this recording, they play the Trailblazers. Now, the Trailblazers are a pretty good team. They're a playoff contender. So we'll just kind of have to see what happens there. But right now with this team, I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to start working things back. I mean, right now looking at the recap from their game against the Lakers, Gordon Hayward was a big help there. Lamelo Ball had 23 points. P.J. Washington had 24 so they could do pretty well, but I also haven't watched enough tapes. So they could be a team who might go on a run or they might be a team that takes a step back. No one really knows because it's the Charlotte Hornets. But one thing that I did want to bring up, which I'm not too, too big a fan of, is the Miles Bridges situation. Now, there have been talks that the Hornets are thinking about Bringing back Miles Bridges. Now, Miles Bridges was necessarily going to be a free agent last year. And then he got into this very big domestic assault case. And all contract talks were dropped. But now they're heating up again. I don't know why. (laughs) So... Keep an eye out for that. If they do do that, and we've talked a lot about this right now in the past, this could be a game changer for the city of Charlotte. And right now, you know, he pleaded no contest to a felony charge, and he received a sentence of three years of probation and no jail time. Even though that happened, you still need to be aware of what's going on with this player. And I've talked about this before. Yeah, so I actually, I saw where... 
there was like a picture where LeBron went up and talked to him because he was at the game and people were like hating on LeBron because Miles has all this stuff going on. So I don't know if it's a good look for Charlotte, but I, I really don't know. Do. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he was their leading scorer last year. And this article says the Hornets struggled without Bridges as other key players have missed time with injuries. Don't make it seem like that's a good thing. What he did right. is wrong, and we need to make sure that we all know that. So right now, you know, kind of be on the lookout for that. But enough about that Charlotte team. Let's move on to the <laughs> other Charlotte team and how they have actually seen to turn it around with the Carolina Panthers. They have. I mean, we've seen them fix their offensive line. Their defense looked good. I mean, they had, I think, overall four pass deflections and – Brian Burns stepped up big time. I was watching the game on Saturday. They started it off with three or four straight runs, and these runs were going for 20, 25, maybe a 30-yard run, and it just looked like a completely different team versus how they looked at the beginning of the year. Right. and If you remember, we said they were going to tank, but it doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it now. And I mean, I still wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to get a pretty good quarterback. But would they mm-hmm. go for a quarterback in this? Yeah. I don't know, because Sam Darnold has certainly stepped up. I mean, looking at his numbers, he was 15 of 22 for 250 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And DJ Moore had a pretty good game. Deontay Foreman had a pretty good game. And even just looking at this Panthers team, they rushed for 320 yards as a team. And that's just terrific. I mean, this is a lot like the old day. That sounds weird saying that, but uh, the early, late 2000s with Jonathan Williams, D'Angelo Russell, or D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. I just mixed that up. I'm sorry, Panthers fans, for messing that up. Um but that was a team where they would run the ball a lot, and then you had Cam Newton who would run it. So mm-hmm. I think they're trying to get back to their roots, and I actually like it. No, I think that could work. I think you have so many quarterbacks now who are good at running the ball, but they're also good at throwing those dimes. And that I think that's what defenses are preparing for more than a running team. So I think it could work. I definitely have to agree. So we'll kind of have to keep an eye there because they have a chance to actually make the playoffs. Another team that might have a chance to make the playoffs but probably won't are the Saints. Yeah, I mean, they had a convincing win, but it was the Browns. But everyone is glad that they beat the Browns because every time the Browns play, you root for the other team. This is true. (laughs) But right now with the Saints, they looked better. I mean, they ran the ball with Camara, and I don't know where this offense was earlier in the year, but they play the Eagles next week. Mm-hmm. And this is an Eagles team that just got their heart ripped out. Right. And here's the thing about that. So with the Eagles losing to Dallas, they didn't secure their number one seed. So now they're going to make sure that they're playing all their best starters against the Saints. Now, the only starter we don't think will be playing is Jalen because he right. is recovering from his injury. Mm-hmm. But also in another news break, it looks like Lane Johnson is hurt now too. And that's a big mm-hmm. loss for this O-line because he's been their tackle 
for 10 years. Right. Yeah, that's a big loss. So I think with this, kind of keep your eyes out because this could be a really good game. I could see it being a very good game for the Eagles. But look for Gardner Minshew to hit Smitty, mm-hmm. get A.J. Brown, have some run plays. Gardner Minshew is a pretty good quarterback. Everyone seems to forget that he actually yeah, he's... can play pretty well. Yeah, no, I agree. I was kind of excited to see him play. I mean, looking at this right now, he did struggle, but it was his first game back. Mm-hmm. Now, with it really, too, they're going to find a way to make sure they hold on to the ball. This mm-hmm. Eagles team had so much struggles when it came to holding on to the ball last week yeah they did but i don't know i feel i know i'm gonna break your heart but i really think they can beat the saints i mean i I think they can too (laughs) it's also that they we gave them a first round pick so Mm -hmm. i think they're just excited the more that we the worse we do the better that the first round pick is right so i just saw from the new york times today so before the last saints game they had them at 4% chance of making the playoffs. And after their win, it actually went down to 3%. Why am I not surprised at that? <laughs> so I think with that, we'll just kind of have to see how things go. But be on the lookout for our teams there because they could sneak in unless the Bucks find a way to ruin mm-hmm. it like they did last night. <laughs> yeah, which is, there's a good chance. But think about what kind of story it could be if the Panthers or the Saints made it into the playoffs, especially with a losing record. Yeah, definitely the underdog story of the year. Absolutely, because right now, if you saw the graphic, it looks like almost every team in the NFC is still in the hunt, well, Mm -hmm. except the Bears and the Cardinals. (laughs) But moving on, and we had talked about them briefly before, Mm -hmm. what happened to the Titans? I don't know. And what happened to Derrick Henry? I don't think he fumbled once at Alabama. He didn't. Alabama running backs are really good at not fumbling, except that one time when Najee Harris's Mm -hmm. forward progress was stopped, and then he still apparently air quotes fumbled, and they called it a fumble when it wasn't. Yeah. So the Titans game was not on here, so I didn't get to see his fumble, but I know – he has a hip injury. So was that after or before the fumble? Do we know? I think it was after. Okay. Looking at this, I because he was still playing. But let's take a look here. I think with him, he has that necessary – I don't want to say an injury problem, but I think right now, you know, he is – kind of struggling with health, especially as he is having to carry more and more of the team. Right. Well, I know he did not practice today. I think with it, maybe we might just be overreacting or maybe it's something else because it says right here that he was limited okay. and which isn't bad. But yeah. right now, you know, he's already ran the ball for 300 times. Yeah. I mean, you can only ask so much of one person. Well, now with Ryan Tannehill hurt, you have mm-hmm. Malik Willis starting. And that's a rookie starting. That's going to be a very big ask, especially if they're going to make the playoffs, which right now it's hit or miss for them. Yeah. I don't know. The, if they keep playing like they played against the Texans, there's no way. Definitely not. Because right now in the past five games, he has fumbled the ball 
oh man, this is crazy because he's fumbled, fumbled the ball five times. Wow. And lost three of those. Yeah, and that's super uncharacteristic. <laughs> no, it definitely is. I mean, and this season he's had six total fumbles, but the fact that he's had five in the past five weeks, right? Very uncharacteristic. And this is during a five game losing streak, which mm-hmm. is also very uncharacteristic for this Titans team. So, right. so leads me to believe should Mike Vrabel be worried? <sighs> Yes and no, but like we talked about earlier, the Titans are also a very injury-ridden team. And again, that's not something a coach can do anything about. I definitely have to agree there. I think for now, this is a team that still has a lot to play for. Mm -hmm. I don't think Mike Rabel should be on the hot seat. But right now, you know, they just fired their general manager, and Mm -hmm. that was a huge surprise recently. Right, and uh, Vrabel was on the record saying there's some players or maybe even coaches who are not preparing like they should and not so much in their facility but on their off time. So I don't know what's going on and what he means by that, but it sounds like maybe people are not buying into the team and the program, so maybe they need more than just physical training. (laughs) Maybe, but I mean, here's the thing. You lose to the Texans, and the Texans didn't really have anything to play for. Right. So that's kind of just where I'm confused. And I think with this, you know, they just might need to figure it out because right now they traded away A.J. Brown, who's thriving in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And now they're just running out of time. You know, Ryan Tannehill's yeah. hurt. We don't even know if they're going to re-sign him. Derrick Henry is now 28. And right now, you're just not surrounding them with the pieces. It's like they made that improbable AFC championship run a few years ago mm-hmm. and haven't looked the same since. Yeah, so maybe it, since you said they're running out of time, maybe it's time to tank. Maybe, but I also know that if you're in the NFL, they're going to probably start looking at people who might tank. Mm -hmm. But moving on to another Tennessee team, the Memphis Grizzlies. Now, we've talked about the Memphis Grizzlies a good bit because right now, this is a team that no one knows what is really going on. So, I mean, we might notice a theme in the state of Tennessee with these teams. Uh, That's true. It's almost like Carolina. It seems like you know, those two teams win, then the two Tennessee teams lose. <laughs> it's like a pattern. It's it, a very interesting pattern. The reason I bring this up is because a few days ago, John Morant was being interviewed by Malika Andrews. And Malika Andrews had asked him, is there any team you are worried about? And he said, the Boston Celtics. And then she asked him, what about the West? And he said, no, we're going to be fine in the West. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing that makes me angry about this. The Pelicans are in the West. <laughs> your arch enemy, your arch rival, who has the same mantra and built their team the same way you built your team, is tied for second in <laughs> your division and actually has the tiebreaker. Maybe it's like a mental game. It has to be because after he had that interview, this Grizzlies team has not, just not looked the same. 
They lost to the Nuggets on Tuesday. And then they had a convincing win against the Suns. And then on Christmas Day, they get blown out by the Warriors, who don't even have Steph Curry. So I just think that right now, they're obviously going to look at this quote and say, wow, this does not age well. But, y'all, what are you doing? (laughs) Famous last words. (laughs) I mean, I'm just going to look at some of these stats. Now, I know that we break down stats a lot here. But here's how this team looked. John Moran had 36 points. His other starters, 11, 13, 6, and 9. Not good points. The bench, 9, 9, 3, and 13. And then you also just you just struggled in this game. So they just need to find a way to, I guess, put it together. Because right now, those are some famous last words of I'm not worried about the West because the Pelicans who right now are surging and I know that they're struggling with health are only going to get healthier Mm -hmm. and very soon can make a difference in the West (laughs) you think these coaches even football any sport would learn like don't feed into that I'm Nick Saban I know I'm going to go back to him but it's the rat poison it's definitely the rat poison for sure, and I have to agree with on that. But speaking of, and this wasn't on the notes, and I completely forgot, and I'm sure I probably forgot to remind you, <laughs> the bowl game's coming up. It is coming, and I'm excited. I cannot believe I forgot it. We haven't talked too, too much about this, but how excited are you that Bryce and Will are getting to play? Uh, I'm so excited to see them back in an Alabama uniform. I know – you probably saw me on Snapchat, what I thought was going to be his last game and his little wave at the end. I was literally in tears. So I'm so excited to see them play again. I am so excited. I cannot wait. I feel like with this team, when they were asked about it, they just said the whole time, there's nothing I've wanted more mm-hmm. than to play in this game. Yeah, I don't think it was ever a question for them. I don't think it was. Now, the only question we have is and no one really cares but what's going to happen with bill o'brien after the game well so there's already lots of talks that he's going back to the patriots which gross i don't want him there he's not going to do anything good for mac but i do want him gone from bama i want him maybe in the no not even the xfl (laughs) um i think right now with this Alabama team one if he does not run the ball I'm gonna scream Uh, yeah I mean you know we've been preaching it all season and he started to finally listen so I think with this right now I could see him potentially calling a better play game or Mm -hmm. better game but it's Bill O'Brien and we never truly know no we don't trust him No, but with this team, you know, a few of them have accepted invites to the Senior Bowl. Will Reichert is Mm going to go there. I believe Byron Young is going to go there. I think Jordan Battle accepted his invitation. Now, as someone from Mobile, that's huge because with the Senior Bowl, it's a chance for all these players to show off their skills, their abilities. And, you know, they're getting to play one last game. In Mobile, of all places, really. Yeah, I can't imagine the emotions just to go 
just to go back and play one last time, just in your home state. I definitely have to agree with that. I mean, it's it's still very weird because I will tune into the Senior Bowl and I'll see an Alabama helmet and then I'll mm-hmm. just look over and say, that's so weird because I'm seeing their helmet, but I'm not seeing their Alabama jersey or anything. Yeah. And that was just always weird to me. But also with this team, you know, I'm excited. They're clicking. They're doing very well. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit last week, but they had a terrific early signing day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the number one signing day. And I'm excited for next year. I'm ready. Oh, no, I definitely know you are. And there's a lot to look forward as we approach the start of the new year but it's also important to notice that right now there is going to be a lot of turnover with this coaching staff mm-hmm. it could be a good thing it could be a bad thing but Nick Saban went back to his roots and he got a lot of alignment a lot of defensive players the only thing that is a bit concerning is that we didn't get a tight end really yeah that's true and it's still early I feel like there's still lots of time to pick somebody up and I'm sure Saban already has his eyes on somebody I'm sure he does too but right now you know you get two of the top running backs you get Mm -hmm. the top tackle you have some great in-state recruits that you had mentioned Mm -hmm. we've also got Caleb Downs who I've nicknamed baby Minka and if he (laughs) wants to change that then, then he can But right now, I mean, it just works out. I mean, look, there hasn't been a player who has come in to Alabama and started at safety and gotten so much hype as a freshman than Minka Fitzpatrick. So I feel like it's a compliment because we've had some really terrific safeties. Yeah, no, I think that's a very fitting nickname. I cannot wait for that. But that is going to do on this Tuesday episode of Jake's Take. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and joining us after your Christmas and Hanukkah. As always, this is sponsored by Variety Sports Network, your home for different sports and different forms and variety. And as always, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, at Jake's Take Podcast, or my personal Instagram, Jake'sil14. You can find Christy on Instagram and TikTok, at Christy Marie underscore double zero as always this is on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, stitcher amazon basically all podcast platforms and we are so grateful for everything y'all have done for us throughout this year we cannot wait to keep growing in 2023 that is still very weird for me to say <laughs> but as always as always as always thank you so much for all the love and support continue to be great be the best versions of you you can be Continue to bring happiness. There's a lot to be excited about in the rest of this year. And as always, as always, as always, we will see and hear from you all later. Take care. Bye.